We back. We are back. Nature's repairing itself. We're back in Anna's old apartment. Yeah. In the <laughs> neoliberal war room in honor of um, our father figure and political mentor, Steve Bannon. Damn. A, fa- <laughs> a fallen soldier. Um, I hope he's okay. I hope he's not scared. Yeah. He's brave. Yeah. <laughs> That's His what hair we love looks about good. Him. His he's tan looks good. I don't know what people are on about. I know. Going on the pod was good for him. Yeah. I gave him a little confidence maybe to, <laughs> <laughs> to, to layer a third shirt. <laughs> uh, it is. I do. I was. I do think it's so sweet how flattered he was by. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our compliments. Yeah. That like, is oh, style. oh, well, <laughs> I'm not trying to I actually didn't make up wearing multiple shirts. It was a, a style. <laughs> I might like um, be like a marketing guru and re-release that episode this weekend or something in honor of his indictment. What's he indicted for? Like mail fraud or something? He, um, I guess, took funds to build the wall. He like started some organization that was supposed to finance the wall i can't believe they're crowdfunding the wall yeah <laughs> so depressing i guess it was like some it's it's a some amputee made the gofundme uh-huh. and then they he needed to prove that he was connected to some kind of like organization organization that would siphon the funds to the wall that he wouldn't just pocket it but then okay. he ended up taking an amputee pocketed the funds. How did he do that if he was an amputee? Now we know what was going on with that acid bathtub. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, he's in trouble for, like, uh, which is, I guess, is a federal crime. Yeah. Um, I Yikes. I mean, uh, this friend of the pod, seasonal click farm worker, tweeted today, came out of a long hiatus to tweet um, regarding Bannon's arrest. I, though, I guess he's not arrested. He's just indicted. I'm not sure the left wants to initiate the precedent of legally prosecuting nonprofits who overpromise and underdeliver. And I thought, like, well, yeah, if they come for Bannon, they have to come for uh, Sean King, a.k.a. Talcum X, mm. too, because he misappropriated a lot of funds sure. doing whatever his, like, uh, post-1619 project Frederick Douglass, like, media platform spinoff thing that never came to fruition. What was it supposed to be? It didn't didn't to- they have a pod? They did have a pod. It was supposed to be like a black media platform. Oh. Like BET for politics, but it never came to fruition for whatever reason. He's such a grifter. Yeah, but there's a fine line between like, you know, a grifter and a person who just can't get their shit together. It's hard to say. (laughs) It's true. Maybe he had every intention of starting (laughs) to build the wall. That's why we keep expectations low here. Yeah. At Red Scare Pod, we don't. They should just build a wall out of those like BLM building blocks that Liz Warren had in the background <laughs> of her speech. They should just make an interest like a BLM wall mural wall. Perfect. That seems like a good good <laughs> use of funds to me. Yeah. They could hire some laborers from the other side of the border to paint <laughs> the mural. Because it looks like that wall never went up. Yeah. I wanna know what Bannon spent the money on. Um, that's a good question. Some Probably Hawaiian shirt. Outstanding debts. Yeah. <laughs> he probably had a... I'd love to see like an Uncut Gems-esque Bannon epic where he has to... 
come up with some money and pay off some debts. Yeah. And play some bets. His bookies are coming after him. <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> he has Mel to produce Gibson. a little indie movie. Mel Gibson would be great in a abandoned biopic. Um, you know, same kind of bristly hair and broken capillary look that I personally like in a man. Um, <laughs> Eugene can direct. Mm. Friend of the pod, Eugene, um, has a new movie out called Spree. Starring Stranger Things, Joe Keery. Mm-hmm. Um, this kid. He's hot. Um, Joe Keery plays like a aspiring social media influencer who goes on a killing spree. Lala Kent has a very um, exciting cameo. Really? For the, for the Vanderpump heads. Yeah, it's on, I don't know, iTunes? <laughs> Amazon? Just Google it. It's Apple TV. Okay. It's called Spree. This is like a, an Elliot Rogers style Uber caper. Is that the idea? Or kind of, yeah, okay. yeah, like a archetypal sort of incel aspiring influencer. Okay, Uber driver sounds great. I mean, I haven't watched the movie, but I will reassert my unironic love of Wobble Palace. Oh, thanks. thanks I love Anna. that movie. I saw it and you were at like a test screen yeah, yeah, on before yeah. we were even really really friends um thanks yeah. <laughs> uh yeah mazel tov to eugene yeah good uh, luck eugene the new york times gave it a bad bad review <laughs> that's a good thing though. <laughs> which is yeah basically about a confidence what did the, they say about it um that it was like uh kind of gory and crass and disgusting and it's like portrayal of violence or something it was oh, some what are they gonna say about your movie? oh god well <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm they've never really endorsed me over it though. yeah yeah the at the NYT. failing NY times they've all they've got dasha derangement syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think i think look it's good to be insulted by the new york times and it's good to be ignored by the new york times if you're praised by the new york times you're doing something you know wrong. you're in trouble yeah you're a loser yeah um. <laughs> and they have a long tradition of i they gave like dr strange love a bad review and mm-hmm. natural born killers there was an op-ed about clockwork orange basically that was about um how liberals found it to be so like repulsive and fascistic they called kubrick a fascist after clockwork came out uh-huh is and he like he a holocaust like a survivor He's no i'm jewish mix, yeah i'm mixing when, him up with like polanski in that all jews are kind of holocaust kind of, yeah. survivors <laughs> <laughs> it's the common cause exactly um who's the the film crit at the nyt these days it was like a second tier one i don't know i don't know her name there's okay. like a couple um I forgot. It was some woman. <laughs> I don't know. Some broad. I've, anyway, um, I, I guess go watch. Not, I guess, unequivocally. <laughs> enthusiastically. Run. Don't watch. <laughs> yeah. to, they're showing it at drive-ins, too. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. If you have the means to go to a drive-in. Yeah. What? I don't. Sounds fun. What? I don't have the means to go to a drive-in. Yeah, but it, sounds, it sounds, sounds fun to fun. go to a drive-in. I would Get kill finger to like go banged in your boyfriend's car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
from New York City is dead. The scores. Yeah, I guess. What do we have on the docket today? We have DNC, DNC, AOC, NYC. New York is dead. New York is dead. Uh, There was a piece in the New York Post about New York being over. Everyone's sort of debating amongst themselves whether or not it's Mm -hmm. um, irrevocably gone, dead. I feel like this is a conversation people have been having forever, though. Um, yeah, before the pandemic. Yeah. like Every couple of years. Every couple of years, you know. Every time nostalgia. it doesn't work out for you, you <laughs> take to the blogs and, and pen a scathing takedown of New York. Yeah, and, you know. but people are fleeing and real estate prices are dropping. Yeah, they are. I, I was really unclear about his stats because he said that rental prices have already dropped 3%. 3? 3 Okay. But then he was talking Then he said 30 to 50 now. Yeah, and I was like, w- which one is it? Unless I'm not getting something. But I saw a stat that said that basically vacancies in, in New York are up by 10%, which is a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. James Altucher. Yeah. New York City is dead forever in the New York Post. Um, He's a comedy club Form. owner and a former hedge fund manager. Damn. So it seems like he's he of all people has been hit hard by this but he claims that this time it's different nyc won't bounce back um because work has been has become remote culture and food are are semi-permanently shut down there's like a deflationary spiral in commercial real estate colleges are in limbo and some are going bankrupt he cites like all these different reasons yeah Um, well he says three of the most important reasons to move to nyc business opportunities culture and food yeah those are not really on my <laughs> Radar, on my yeah. list of reasons yeah. I moved to New York. I guess business opportunities is true. Yeah. But New York's been fucked since like the 70s, hasn't it? It hasn't been like... Yeah, the the claim that he makes is like even when New York was like the, uh, the capital of crime in the 70s and 80s, it was also the capital of business, you know? Right. Uh, and people, like young people were streaming into the city like cut their teeth or whatever um but yeah i don't know i mean the picture that he's like uh kind of painting is uh you know nyc is a kind of like shrine or mausoleum mm-hmm. to itself i mean i don't know i think that all this shit is cyclical uh of course and it's yeah. like inevitable that new york will bounce back just like maybe not in your terms and not in your lifetime but whatever i know yeah you're old you should leave new york he lives in florida now maybe he's like steve Bannon's he said he left after um the george floyd protest started that he sort of stuck it out through the pandemic but when the unrest started i love he, that too he's like <laughs> oh, i'm not racist the protests were uh, t- totally good but when i saw those a uh, black uh, I mean, setting <laughs> yeah. off fireworks i have kids yeah. um yeah new york's never going to be dead yeah as long as i don't know chloe 70 is not leaving no as, as, I know. <laughs> as long as chloe's around I feel as long like as chloe's still be cool. up in here yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has kids now she's not leaving mm. i mean I, never say never i guess but yeah but you know um new york's gonna be cooler than ever i think I mean, it de- <laughs> again, it depends. Like, if you're like a young person, then it's legitimately cool because I see all these like hot teens canoodling in like the parks mm-hmm. and the triangles and stuff. 
it must be great to to be a teen now more than ever you can engage in public sex you know yeah or public drug use or whatever um but he like cites a friend of his who like published a post debating whether or not to leave and like he cites like this like litany of horrors like a homeless person going batshit on pedestrians single parents with children begging for food on the street a 19 year old girl being shot and killed across the street from madison square park yeah like it definitely has gotten worse in the last few months like the homelessness situation is like out of control yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely everything, but everything is getting worse. California's on fire again. Yeah. And there's not enough like prison labor firefighters to put it out because they all got COVID <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's everything's dead in a way. I felt like this, you have to die to be reborn, you know? Yeah. There's no like place that is thriving. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe like one of those like Ibiza style like luxury islands. It's teeming with like Russians, right. but those places are are always like kind of soul crushingly spiritually dead. Even though they're like luxurious and exciting. Exactly. Just, the like, vibrancy of all the the violence and suffering and New York will just lend it more cultural cachet <laughs> and glamour. I'm like Patty Smith waiting for the M train. <laughs> Maybe I'll start writing poetry again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, are are you staying? I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't even know. It's but I don't have like any. You I don't know. know. I feel compelled to stay here because I just feel so comfortable. I'm like an old turtle. You've been here for a long time. Yeah. I just got here. Yeah. And it changed my life, and so I'm reticent to leave. Yeah. I don't want to you know i don't know i new york's done a lot for me and i do still enjoy being here at times yeah but like winter was rough lockdown was rough the protests were rough and then the curfews were rough Mm -hmm. um but i feel resilient i feel i thought um kyle and i were talking yesterday about like early core like back in March or whatever, where we thought like, oh my God, we're going to be like irreparably traumatized from this, Mm -hmm. you know? Like I thought Kyle was definitely going to commit suicide (laughs) before this thing was over. And now I feel kind of fine. Maybe it's the Jungian analysis or something, but... I think it just like... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the outdoor... Uh, vibes or whatever um i think like yeah a lot of this stuff has nothing to do with new york it's just like uh, all this like covid has been a shitty accelerant for all sorts of like shitty trends that were already long underway well yeah that's why like you know who's in trouble like colleges hollywood the art world publishing like all these sort of institutions that were already shitty i think dead or like unsustainable on some level that have just like accelerated their decline yeah which which i to that i say good burn down the colleges exactly. you don't need a system of higher education that's like barely functional and also exorbitantly expensive yeah that nobody's people learning feel anything. compelled to go to for no reason yeah. like most people shouldn't go to college yeah like your average like frog twitter dude is is more kind of educated than <laughs> somebody who goes to like a nice like four-year college 
Just go on, yeah. Twitter University, baby. Yeah. That's where Reddit University. That's where we learned learned Red it all. Scare University. We'll start our own yeah. our own uni. Yeah. Very a very good price for you. <laughs> you pay for the low low price deal. of five dollars a month. <laughs> you can access our Patreon. I'll teach you a thing or two. Oh, our next we should announce we're gonna do a R.I.P. Linda Mans. We're gonna oh, do yeah. another movie pod on the next Paywild one. That's right. Um, where we will watch Days of Heaven and Out of the Blue mm-hmm. in honor of the recently deceased actress Linda Manns. <laughs> Who may or may not have been a meth head, according to uh, Nick Pinkerton. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I probably. That's, that's pretty cool. That is cool. I like, um, <laughs> I'll say this again on the next one, but I like how she, she um, opted out of the industry not because she was like choosy about her roles, but because she didn't give a fuck and was probably a drug addict. Yeah. It was just like on the honorable way to go. That's out. the stars we we really deserve. Yeah, Shelley Duvall also. What happened to her? Well, she kind of well after The Shining, I think, mm-hmm. when Kubrick really tormented her, he she really her like, in public. Um, she dipped out somewhat gracefully, but then I, a few years ago she went on Doctor Phil, and it was clear that she was like really mentally ill. Yeah, yeah, she's a little loopy. She's like, um, which was sad because I liked to kind of imagine her like mm, serenely, reclusively leaving the industry, yeah, in like a dignified, mm, private gesture. <laughs> yeah, but I think she just probably went insane. Yeah, probably. But I mean, that's like the pinnacle of artistry. I think Jack said this. It's like embracing your mental illness yeah. fully and like With comprehensively. Oh, I'm going to go on Jack the Perfume Nationalist oh, yeah, that's podcast, right. the Perfume Nationalist, <laughs> in September to watch Ghost World also. Nice. Yeah. Quite a formative film for me, as some might guess. <laughs> yeah, the original we, Anna and Daja yeah. meme. <laughs> um, it's crazy how, like, I'm just, like, so impressed with other podcasts. They, like, really schedule things out. They're, like, so I know are they you available a... in four weeks' time? And I'm just, like, what? I got, like, an email from a, some kind of producer. Yeah, yeah, with, like, a like a call sheet. We should look into something. I like know. That, maybe. <laughs> I'm just, like, um, we're, typing. We're, we're, we're trying to, we've been trying to wrangle Kat Marnell for... I know. <laughs> I'm like weeks guessing email addresses and like matt.taibi at hotmail.com please come on the pod uh, <laughs> god I mean th- this is how we got banned and we cold emailed him and he was down and that man responded and what does that say about us and what does it say about him <laughs> it's all very dark <laughs> uh he was busy in the war room pandemic who's gonna maybe we could take over his pod yeah that would be great um i'd have him on again i would too but but to talk about something like frivolous and stupid like uh fashion (laughs) or indie movies i i hope he doesn't go to jail because i would love to have him on like at the beginning of september for fashion week (laughs) or like roger new york is over now that (laughs) fashion week isn't (laughs) happening anymore um uh, New York's else? a state of mind, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> empire state of mind, if it's you will. An ugly and withering state of mind, um, and it's always kind of sucked here. But that's its its charm and its strength. And the reason I feel like I flourished here 
was because I, it's good for me to have like adversity to struggle against. To structure your life again. Exactly. Whereas in LA, where it's, you know, extremely pleasant most of the time, I was really like languishing. Yeah. Because I had to cultivate all this abjection internally Mm -hmm. to meet some kind of quota that I have (laughs) that I require. And in New York, all the abjection was outside. So I could like rise to the occasion, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's easier to live this way. It's like easier to live this way. Some people structure their life around. Um, and it's good for you to be around bums throwing their shit at you. Or yeah. <laughs> it's bodies so piling good up. to be around people who are lower on the hierarchy <laughs> totem pole. <laughs> no, but it's great. Some people structure their lives around like working out or like talk therapy and I like to structure my life around like getting really frustrated mm-hmm. with like the guest worker uh, <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts employee <laughs> who took a little too long to make my like cow phlegm latte. It, dodging, yeah, dodging rats and garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, I think a lot of the problem with New York also is that, um, back and like i think there's no more like noblesse oblige like there's no more like rich tycoons and industrialists who invest in the infrastructure all all the elites are like tourists they're global citizens they don't have any but minus all the kind of typical obligations that being a citizen of something entails Mm. like they use the world as their playground i.e their dumpster they don't really stick around they're not invested yeah yeah like back in the day like you know uh the elites were just the people who were at the top of the hierarchy within their community Mm. now the elites have no community but the community of other elites and it's like you know they they built public works and made philanthropic donations to the causes that were specific to their immediate milieu and now it's all all these like philanthropic like operations are like vaccinating children in africa against fertility or whatever it's right. like sterilization <laughs> <laughs> vaccination against fertility yeah <laughs> like you know bill gates is like pretending to give medical treatment to africans because he wants to like sterilize them yeah and like some capture their labor before the chinese get around to it i mean there's all these like shady like multinational global whatever um sure but that's probably why why new york yeah new york sucks because everybody now more than ever because like nobody belongs here anymore right no one's invested that has any money (laughs) yeah well if the hedge fund managers are leaving then i got it but I'll probably, I'll stick around. Yeah, we'll stick it out. It is, it's one of the best places to be a filmmaker, I think. Yeah. It's very, I don't know, making a movie in New York has like real advantages over other places. Like what? Like getting to set a movie in New York and no one really cares if you film out in the street. Like technically yeah. you're not, um, you're allowed to film like handheld out in the street if you have like a skeleton crew okay but if you put like sticks up no one really cares <laughs> yeah you know no one was i don't know i had a good experience making scary 
Yeah, it was fun. City. It was like very hit and run. Yeah, you guys exactly. seemed to know what you were doing. There was a lot of men handling nice, equipment. Nice boys, nice equipment. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a real kind of 1970s camera crew. Yeah. Of like unwashed Jewish men. <laughs> like hardcore. Yeah. What else is on the docket, Anna? And also, I think like Hollywood is dead right hollywood's truly dead like the studio system is sort of dead bankrupt i saw a really perverted kind of like polyamorous commercial that was like for a cereal i think it was the one with the toucan uh fruit Fruit loops Loops. but it was like totally (laughs) animated but it took place in like a real kitchen because they were trying to get around uh you know grooming children for the role oh yeah but the toucan seemed like super like prided out like he was like extra rainbow he was colored. extra flamboyant. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe you're. <laughs> I didn't see it. I don't know. It was on Bravo. Um, what else are we talking about? Um, the DNC. Hap- it's still happening. The DNC. Con- the Democratic National Convention yeah. is in effect. I don't know who. I haven't been watching it. I haven't either. I was too busy I was watching sex to watch the democratic national convention i was watching story. billions yeah. so i <laughs> i don't know who would i didn't realize it was more than one night it just goes on and on it, there's it's tonight as well I, tonight's maybe the last one night um is this an yeah i guess so last night was liz liz Obama. warren adult diaper fetishist as ben warren called her <laughs> very fittingly in some kind of like weird uh baby room stealing with blm blocks yeah pretending like she's a teacher yeah she should have like been in a teepee my daughter is a single mother (laughs) she should have done like a teepee yeah like a headdress (laughs) she should have came out in a headdress or in a casino or something that would have been a a better creative direction for her i think uh kamala hill dog and obama all made speeches all the usual ghouls it's funny that um uh, it's funny to think that um liz warren probably got some like black intern to arrange those blocks on the shelf (laughs) just so um (laughs) marianne was very um dutifully sort of live tweeting the previous nights yeah and then last night posted a picture of biden and kamala on instagram and said like that she was all in on supporting them which really shouldn't be a surprise because she said early on that she would um support biden no matter what but yeah it's still that's what they all say pretty disappointing yeah um but she's also apparently starting a third party yes with mike gravel yeah <laughs> that sounds cool i mean i would unironically and earnestly join that third party i guess i mean um, i was a registered independent before 2016 okay and then you had to I register re-registered as, a, as a democrat okay. to support bernie sanders i'm literally like got fully cucked by the dnc i like gave money to bernie <laughs> just funneled back into it and so i feel a little scorned mm-hmm. a little literally cuckolded and so i'm definitely not voting especially not for biden yeah not my problem yeah why why would you vote i mean like i i felt great these past two days not watching the dnc and like not giving shit about 
politics and mm-hmm. i'm like this is actually how life should be <laughs> again that shit should just be running in the background exactly um, i don't know what's going on with the mailboxes mm-hmm. i don't really care to find out it seems like a psyop it seems bad yeah it does seem <laughs> i don't know about the mail-in voting or the yeah the mailboxes it seems like the usps is just persecuting their political enemies because they were involved in the in the bannon yeah they're they're like they have like an investigator on the case it seems like you know they think why is the post office i'm I don't know. going after <laughs> I don't steve bannon um but <laughs> i think well because i think they think they're hoping that trump is going to like choke in november um, so i think they're making like an example out of bannon i don't think this is a post office to post blame, office but. psyop <laughs> but i did what I does watched, q have to say about all of <laughs> um i watched some of the highlights or like skimmed the highlights of the dnc i watched yeah like a cnn literally like a two-minute highlight a reel blooper reel and i watched the they did a little immigrant immigration thing with a hispanic girl whose mom got deported what it was very sad what happened what um they aired like a little video of a 11 year old girl whose mom was an illegal immigrant who married a um married and had children in the u.s and then was deported very okay. sad story but very i mean it's propaganda it's all just propaganda yeah, why the yeah. fuck it's would like i just kids in cages propaganda, exactly like why would i jerking. sit down and watch yeah the obama administration said my mom could stay and then trump took her away for no reason yeah i love that it's like making videos about the the people that trump deported even though obama deported plenty of people too exactly um that um that um big titty scottish socialist girl with the flaming red hair and glasses i forget her name she's like some chick on the internet was tweeting (laughs) about how um she was like obama here's a question for you why is guantanamo still open yep I was like, I'd love to see him answer that during, uh, you know, DNC hours. But it was like, yeah, so it was like AOC kind of symbolically endorsing Bernie, but actually endorsing Biden. Yeah, it was very, it was very confusing. It wasn't merely an endorsement. It was like a a nomination. Yeah. Because he met some quota of like a our, delegate fuck, our whole electoral yeah. system is so broken michelle obama said some shit bill clinton <sighs> was up in there looking like death he's a, a, a adrenochrome levels must be low <laughs> um bernie showed up to like prop up biden's con- cadaver called him a fascist essentially and and trump uh, yeah or trump right yeah and i <laughs> mac oops freudian slip i'm not gonna lie but i think bernie looked really good he looked very thin and rosy yeah I mean, I'm, I can't stay mad at him. It's um, just unfortunate. Yeah. I, Am I an idiot for donating money to the Bernie? Zone? No, I don't be, don't get so down on yourself, I sister. Mean. It's fine. <laughs> just remember when he like won in Nevada yeah. in February and there was, I, I had a moment yeah. where I was like, maybe we'll win. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot Cut of people to. were under that impression, and he like galvanized people. Like, I've done bad things for politics. I've sent Steve Bannon pictures <laughs> of my butthole. Yeah, we all get caught up in our <laughs> emotional convictions. 
it's fine. It's just like, um, yeah. And I, I don't know. So, somebody was tweeting that like, um, they were, uh, confused by AOC's nomination of Bernie. And if you were, you're not alone. Da, da, da. And AOC responded, if you were confused, no worries. Convention rules require roll call and nominations for every candidate that passes the delegate threshold. I was asked to second the nom for Senator Sanders for roll call. I extend my deepest congratulations to Joe Biden. Let's go win in November. Um, mm. And it's funny because AOC spoke for like something like all of 90 seconds. Like it was a very short yeah. period of time and she looked like all Pelosified. Interesting. She's on that weird adrenochrome tip too now. She looks they extra, all, like, embalmed. I mean... And, gl- you know, glazed. Yeah. You think they didn't um, feature her more to sort of... So Biden doesn't seem too, like, radical or something? Yeah, that was, like, kind of the allegation that the New York Times was making that she... That the outsized publicity she receives uh, disproportionately mag- magnifies her views... Um, this she's is gonna run quote. in four years huh she's what she's gonna run in four i think years. there's some shady I, well she's not old enough to run in four years she is. right she's 30 now but she's like she would be 35 right before. okay gotcha okay so i think she does qualify but um once again not a expert on electoral politics, politics yeah. whatsoever um but the quote was giving her a prominent role in the convention probably would have also provided grist for president trump and republican allies who have sought to paint mr biden as the puppet of left-wing democrats like miss ocasio cortez and it's like funny because if you remember a couple of months back she was the one like begging biden for like concessions and mm-hmm. positions within his like future cabinet um puppet but, because he's a literal cadaver <laughs> yeah yeah but like this is a woman who's a boilerplate democrat like i understand it's sort of strategic and strategically important for like centrists and conservatives to play up what a radical leftist she is right but she's literally just an establishment like dnc apparatchik and i mark my word 20 years from now she's going to be just as reviled as pelosi and clinton yeah i think yeah you'll be vindicated in that prediction yeah, if she manages to like attain to rise to their level of power, which is totally possible. Completely, yeah. of course. Mm. But it's insane that like, I mean, it's funny because Trump is out there calling Kamala a radical leftist. Of course. And she's more conservative than he is. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like she's more conservative on prisons and she's more conservative on like gay rights shit. Like it's like totally right. It's not just theater. Um, what else happened? Oh, there was that the Hillary. Billy Porter Buffalo <laughs> Springfield rendition. Oh yeah, there is some song and dance numbers. Billie Eilish gave, was also randomly there. Oh yeah, she gave a real low energy kind of like we have to. <laughs> she seems anhedonic. <laughs> totally. Well, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, everyone's just sort of parroting the party line of like the important thing is to get the bad orange man out yeah which i don't know at this point i mean as i said once again non-voter here but if like the trump derangement syndrome ends maybe it's fine maybe it's good to get biden in there just to kind of pump the brakes yeah on all the kind of like hysteria and too much. exactly trump yeah if it'll pacify the libs enough so that they'll stop like making me read white fragility or whatever then maybe it's it's okay (laughs) i'm like resigned to being doomed anyway 
Yeah, me too. And I think like if Biden wins, the leftists will get a new lease on life because they can go back to what they do best, which is bashing liberals, like narcissism of small differences. Yeah. It'll be just like easier and more peaceable for the rest of us. Yeah. Who are trying to like self eject from political commentary. So get out there and vote. (laughs) (laughs) Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Um, There was like an interesting article that I read to that end, you know, it's like Marianne who, by the way, I love, and we can talk more about Marianne later, but, um, you know, yeah, she even capitulated on the, the she was always Biden going thing. to, yeah, she like, has to. Everybody, they all fall in line. Bernie, and I'm like so tired of, of beating like a dead horse, but you know, people are so alarmist and hysterical about what a bad president Trump is that they, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Like when he actually does bad stuff, it just gets <laughs> drowned out. Bless you. <sighs> And yeah. if everyone's mind is so clouded, it makes it hard to like talk about things in a clear-headed way. Because mm-hmm. people are like, but the babies in cages, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, there are babies in cages throughout American history, let alone through like world history. Um, but Jacobin had this article recently called "How Trump Got His um, Right-Wing New Deal Victory." Trump just scored a victory for workers at the Tennessee Valley Authority, but on the right's reactionary anti-immigrant terms. Um, all while the socialist left was AWOL. And the basic gist is that he saved 200 union jobs oh. from, from being gutted, outsourced to like uh, multinational IT consultancies um, as like a symbolic sure. gesture. Like he doesn't give a shit. Nobody in his administration gives a shit. And the 200 jobs in question were like 20% of this Tennessee Valley Authority's like in-house IT team. This okay. is boring. I'll, I'll yeah. keep it short. <laughs> like I'm listening. No, I'm listening. Um, and this TVA thing is like some public utility holdover from the New Deal era. As ten thousand employees, five thousand of them are unionized. Da 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 da. Um, and it was trying to basically leverage the market, bust the unions, outsource its labor. Uh-huh. Um, and nobody on the left said anything. Miss, but Mr. Trump said no way. But yeah, but Trump said no, no, no. <laughs> Um, and he uh, uh, there's some you know talk of him basically so basically the the article outlines kind of this demoralizing and degrading situation by which the workers who were not only laid off in the midst of the lockdowns had to as insult to injury remotely train their replacements which were like h1b oh god yeah guest workers who were getting paid less, we're not getting benefits, we're not unionized. Um, But, uh, you know, it's a disgusting kind of exploitative labor thing uh, that, like, whatever, in their words, helps companies bust the unions and hire cheap labor, etc. And, of course, like, Tim Cook and Elon Musk and all these guys swooped in and were, like, paying lip service, like, making pleas to, like, the rich and diverse immigrant history of the nation. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they like the cheap guest workers. Classic. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is all depressing and shitty that nobody gave a shit. Right. I I mean, like Jacobin in The Intercept reported it. But it's like, (laughs) okay, so we're going to browbeat Trump for doing the right thing because he did it for the wrong reasons? Yeah. Like, who cares? Pick your battles. Isn't that pragmatism? Isn't that what you guys always like? It's funny because like they won't give him... Like they... No, they never did. They never, like, the second Trump took office, it was like resistance became 
more important than making political advances yeah ideologically yeah and it's like you know he did he did something in this like shady and dirty way but it was good but we can't recognize it because his motives were bad and it's like who cares who cares everyone's motives are bad they're politicians (laughs) i know um but anyway should we talk about marianne or the well, the Billy Porter thing was like, I think the highlight of the DNC <laughs> dog and pony show. Yeah. Well, there's more in store tonight. We still won't be watched. I don't even know how to watch the DNC. It's probably like on, on TV, on TV, like on <laughs> MSNBC or CNN. Yeah. I guess that's who it's for. Who? It just seems like if you're watching the DNC, you're on board with voting them. It doesn't seem like they're. Yeah well yeah and i guess i don't know where they converting anyone to their cause yeah but that's the thing like nobody's being converted to any cause i'm I'm curious what the voting situation is going to be like in the next election probably really depressed and bleak yeah like you don't have to make a big stink about the mailboxes or the ballots because nobody's going to vote anyway what's going on with the mail (laughs) i don't know (laughs) I think this is like, I haven't, like I said, I haven't read that Matt Taibbi article, but I think he makes the claim that like Trump is actually doing something really grotesque with the mailbox stuff. But since we're so committed to calling him a bad orange man and every like symbolic claim, we can't even assess this like right correctly for what it is. Like we can't, you know, like with most presidents, admittedly, what happens is like they do some bad things and they do some good things and they're praised for the good things and criticized for the bad things and then eventually the bad things are forgotten and yeah let me just look at the nostalgia people have for even like the bush administration now it's like yeah truly trump derangement syndrome yeah i don't remember people being as um kind of like hateful and hysterical about bush and a lot no. of people people really hated Bush. I mean, I was like sentient back then. I was less sentient and I definitely wasn't like political. But I remember, yeah, like people protesting the Iraq war and stuff. And yeah, the, people, I mean, people really hated the Iraq war and rightly so. But, of course. Uh, there was a lot of, it's hard to say. Yeah, I remember there being a lot of venom for the for the Bush administration. But it's all, everything just gets, the culture amnesia is definitely real. But yeah, but it it wasn't nearly again as like histrionic and hysterical as it was for for Trump. You know what it is? It's because Trump's a woman, and they're <laughs> sexist. They hate yeah, women. They hate women. They hate their their <laughs> shrill hysterical voices. And he courts it. I mean, yeah, he's just a really good avatar for for libs to project their hysteria the onto. Yeah. I think like if I was going to psychoanalyze it, I think the reason people hate Trump so much is because he reminds them of themselves. Mm. Like he reminds America of their kind of like low nutrition, middle brow kind of like right. crispy tan suburban. He's the leader we deserve. Yeah. But you think people have, yeah, there's some like dissonance between liberal aspirations yeah that's why they like merkel so much yeah, yeah. 
everybody wants to think like in that milieu everybody wants to think that they're like kind of like a beto or a buddha judge like aesthetically but they're really a trump you know and they like hate themselves for it right which like <laughs> i don't think you should be ashamed of what you are i mean i'm just saying it's a bad this is my whole thing with like they should have embraced yeah they could have embraced trump and he wouldn't have been so he would have been probably easy to negotiate with if there wasn't like this overt kind of resistance like we could have gained a lot more yeah libs the left whatever we i don't know like (laughs) he's not he's truly not like a fascist he's I mean, not he's too fat and lazy to he's be not lukashenko yeah. he's like you can make headway with him because he just wants to be like praised and admired yeah and did in you fact see, you know sorry did you ahead. see that video of baron by the way oh yeah i was he's like what six foot he's the tallest boy in the world nine he's getting so he's looking very slavic somebody was speculating Those that he slavic has marfan genes. syndrome <laughs> he doesn't have Marfan syndrome. He's just a growing boy. No, he's well. I mean, his legs. He is teetering around on those long, long legs. He must have so many fainting spells. He's so such a sweet boy. I know. I I feel. For I him. really want to see him get drafted into the NBA. That would be so <laughs> sick. I hope he's like athletic. He's definitely not athletic, dude. No, there's no way. But he, it sucks because he's like basically low iq and probably autistic right and there's not much he can do kind of intellectually i think it's very clear that he's on the spectrum yeah um and there's a lot of youtube videos that you can watch do you think baron has friends i know how could he yeah i guess that's true no i think he's very lonely he kind of is like you know he doesn't seem comfortable in front of cameras i mean i wouldn't be comfortable too if i was like seven foot three no exactly (laughs) yeah i mean maybe he's not even low iq maybe he's like has some like rain man shit going on i don't know he's definitely but there is something wrong with baron because of his father's rotten sperm i've said it before people got (laughs) mad at me (laughs) but he's like his geriatric dad nutted inside melania yeah out came a beautiful retarded boy he's 14 he's 14 or 15 yeah and she's 46 she's yeah so where does that put her in terms of giving birth asking for a friend uh is she 46 i think so yeah she's almost 50 um okay so she had him 35 or so cool (laughs) yeah she had it she had him at like a normal normal normal-ish age for people in america at least yeah very old for slavic women. for slavic women we don't we have uh, <laughs> that was like the she was in the D- Ljubljana, hmm. was the totally unrelated footage of baron being like eight foot tall it was really cool it's like yeah is there an rnc there is and and laura loomer and that kid who yelled at or got yelled at by liberals or yelled at liberals or speaking like it's a real grab bag of like deplorables oh yeah the gun couple yeah the gun couple are speaking the boy who laughed at the native american guy yeah smiled at the yeah, native yeah. american guy um that sounds more fun it'll be more fun at least they have more like meme potential laura loomer won some seats in florida in florida she won some like republican district which is 
hilarious and crazy. Actually, gave me hope because I was like, "Damn, you could just like run for office Holy somewhere shit. in America." Remember when she was chaining herself outside Twitter HQ? Yeah, yeah. Look at her now. Yeah, she's been banned from everything. Like, she's totally banned on all social media platforms, and she managed to like snag a seat, which is like cool because it means that like, uh, you know, social media is not the real world. Why do people hate her? Because she's Islamophobic. <laughs> um, yeah, I think she's just like a chaos agent. She's like everybody on the right. She now. just wants attention. Yeah, she's like Alex Jones or Roger Stone. The gun girl. Yeah, gun girl. There's there's a lot of these like, just like insane. The left could never. <laughs> artist types that now exist solely on the right. And they're pretty, probably all in all like shitty artists and whack people, but. I think they're committed just to like, so that the only thing they're committed to is like sowing chaos. They don't have any principles or like morals or anything. Right. Political theater is emphasis on the theater for them. Yeah. But that's still better than what's happening on the left because it's a lot of people pretending that they care about the working class. Right. They don't. They don't. It's just like, that's embarrassing. Like this is my thing too. There's nothing bad or shameful inherently about being middle class and representing your own interests. Well, what do you mean when you say middle class? I know everybody asks, but any, I mean, whatever middle class means to you. I mean, to me, it means a specific thing to other people. It means another thing. I'm not talking about like upper middle class people necessarily, but like, well, I think people used to overestimate their class position. Yeah. And now 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 they underestimate. So there's just a lot of like discord in what people mean when they talk about yeah but i'm you know my overall point is that like this is a statement of fact not value there's nothing embarrassing about the fact that the the vast majority of like prominent leftists who organize on social media come from middle class backgrounds right it doesn't make you a bad person (laughs) it's like okay dude but i i think like neither the right nor the left really materially cares about working class people that much are you is the middle class working class? I mean, it depends on, you know, on which end of Michael Lynn's horseshoe theory right. you are. My thing is this also, people think that they're, that the culture war is actually a class war. I'm saying the class war is actually a culture war. It's like people's contempt mm. for Trump because he's a person who's extremely economically upper class but extremely culturally lower class that's why he's so disgusting to people right and what what kind of like effete elite uh middle class urbanites are repulsed by are people who are culturally working class so that means the actual working class to begin with for starters but it also means these kind of small business Mm. middle class people Mm -hmm. who are among the few who didn't need that elite degree to make more money than your average like adjunct right you know and they deeply resent those people i mean it's so obvious i agree i don't disagree and that's why i think the left is also so preoccupied with like soviet aesthetics yeah Wait, unpack that. This is an interesting angle. I'm just riffing here, but it seems like, yeah, because they're so uncomfortable with, they can't generate their own sort of aesthetic, so they have to use, they have this, like, nostalgia for, like, quote, classless society. Yeah. 
and anything that like and it's offensive to their sensibilities this kind of like right american provincial middle class aesthetic that trump really does is yeah, like, like tapped Charmin into aesthetic, yeah, yeah exactly they're much more comfortable with totally borrowing like somebody else's like totally foreign left non left yeah. aesthetics yeah yeah space dogs never mind that like uh yeah but uh it's i mean yeah totally that's like what's going on i was thinking i mean this like dawned on me in one of my like drunken stupors or whatever mm-hmm. and it was just like yeah man oh my god but it's true it's like a uh, very much like on the level again of like aesthetics and sensibility yeah and i think like i can imagine it's probably infuriating for people who have who are like credentialed to the gills who have done everything right who have done everything by the book to be outperformed economically by some guy who's like an electrician or a plumber mm-hmm. or has like a moving company or something right or like a construction company well there's a lot of people on the left the coastal elites whatever who are like overeducated yeah and there's just not enough jobs to there's like um it seems like there's a collective kind of discontent amongst overeducated libs. Yeah. That's made them more like quote left leftist. Yeah. And that's like, you know, we have a alleged political realignment, but that's the economic realignment. Interesting. Yeah. The, the kind of like culture elites are the new economic proles and they're like, not and gonna go down easy they're gonna like go out swinging and they've read all that theory so. yeah <laughs> they've spent all those times in the in the ivory tower and they they're not coming down without a fight yeah but i'm listen i'm a big advocate of like compassion and seeing things from all sides and like you know whatever uh trying to like uh whatever understand one another um and i I personally think like mid- like without the middle class there is mm-hmm. no society. Yeah. Like also what do you think the working class is? Working class people and don't let anybody tell you otherwise cuz literally I have sometimes people DMing me and they're like I'm working class and I don't want to be middle class and it's some guy who makes tapestries uh-huh. on Instagram and I'm just like oh okay. Um <laughs> but like you know most working class people surely without a doubt aspire to a middle-class standard of living right Mm -hmm. that's what we did when we were immigrants or when we were um, new immigrants rather like what our parents wanted right yeah like your parents wanted to have more money not less well definitely and they wanted me to have more money than them Mm -hmm. and they i was just thinking also about kind of the intensity of people's Mm, hatred for like landlords also feels like it's touching on this thing that you're articulating where it's like a lot of the sort of universal condemnation of landlords really ignores that for a lot of the middle class like acquiring and renting property it was is a like kind of like attainable yeah you know 
like having two homes and renting one makes you a landlord. Yeah. Yeah. It's like aspirational. Yeah. And that the people's like people on the left aren't really sensitive to the nuances of, of that. Like there's no distinction to them between like a small business owner who's renting out their second home. Yeah. And like like a shadowy Chinese or Russian commercial real estate holding company. Exactly. Or whatever the fuck Jared Kushner's running. Exactly. One of those monstrous like conglomerates where they like uh, gyp like I I guess you're not allowed to say gyp anymore, right? Because it comes from gypsy. I don't know. You can say Um, gyp. What are the gypsies going to do? Put a curse on you? (laughs) Oh, get you canceled. (laughs) I'm knocking on one. Um, But yeah, like, you know, like he was like uh, fucking nickel and diming poor people on like apartment payments in like fucking Maryland or whatever. But yeah you know landlord like i used to date a guy who was trained as a mechanic and his dad was owned a building in bushwick and they Mm -hmm. were dirt poor immigrants from ecuador and this child had you know leased himself a bmw and had some gold jewelry and it's like that was the dream right but you know that's like nobody wants to have that conversation they're not ready for it (laughs) they're not ready to talk about their yeah contempt for the middle class Mm mm-hmm which is really a contempt for the working class. I mean, I think the contempt for the middle class, i.e. for like whatever the PMC contingent of it is overt mm. and it's like self-loathing and uh, the uh, contempt for the working class is latent and because the left needs the working class to use as a symbolic pawn right. for their own kind of... They champion sort of this yet. like faceless proletariat without any real... Mm, knowledge or empathy for real working class people yeah like these soulful uh salt of the earth people who have cookouts with like foil catering (laughs) or whatever Um, i mean and it's not just like whites only it's uh like latinx like people who use like latinx as a term is something that came out of like um upper middle class upper class like university like cultural elites yeah that doesn't actually read like resonate or have any utility for real latinx people <laughs> you know wait what are the origins of latinx who I made mean, it up like george sicarello maher or something yeah it's like it's I something i don't know if there's a person who can be credited with inventing it or if it's just something that emerged organically out of like academic lexicon or something but it was probably some like light skinned blue eyed Cuban woman. <laughs> yeah. Non binary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I saw some like infographic about how like most Latino people not only don't use the world, the word Latinx, but they don't even know what it means. Exactly. Like who, like, yeah. Who are we having these conversations in service of really, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's why, well, you know, speaking of which, that's why I like Marianne because, um, I find her rhetoric to be um, on one hand, not overly conciliatory, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, I find it to be very like unifying. Totally. Yeah. No, cause she is clearly a very empathetic person. Yeah. And she has real kind of clarity of mind, clarity of her own value system. Not to say that she's like uncorruptible, yeah, but she, but I think like she doesn't talk down to people, strangely right. enough, even though she's in the business of self help. Yeah. It's a weird combination. I mean, I'm a big Marianne fan. I wish that 
she was the Democratic nominee. Yeah, I I mean, I revised my comments about her when she was running initially. I was like, well, this is, I find this debatable and dubious because self-help is like kind of propaganda arm of neoliberalism, da-da-da. But, you know, now, given the situation, I feel like we, you know... She was we couldn't right. do really yeah we couldn't do any worse than Marianne. I mean, she called it and she was talking about dark psychic forces and shit. Yeah, yeah, I understand why um, Marxists, materialists are alienated by Marianne because she does speak in these like metaphysical terms often. Yeah, per the jargon of self help and stuff. But I just I don't know. I think she's a good a good person. She has a beautiful voice. Yeah, <laughs> and we would have still fuckable, incredible. Even as a senior that's, citizen, that's how you know her how many soul is pure. If you're it just goes to show, if you um, return to love, yeah, and cultivate a <laughs> a peaceful interior life, you too can peak at seventy three. You don't have to be jealous of those twenty two year olds that are stealing your leftist boyfriends. Um, <laughs> I'm glad she's back in the news. I mean, it's weird because she is like kind of unanimously likable. Very few people like hate her. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think like most women who are well liked, most people, but especially most women tend to be actually shrill and boring and goody two shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, like AOC and Meghan Markle come to mind. But I think like Marianne and Lana are the two women who are almost universally beloved, who are actually really cool. Yeah. And like, cause they have a dark edge. They have, um, I think that dark edge is a kind of contact with like the eternal feminine or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like, yeah, they've integrated their femininity into like their aspirations and their like inherent power. Yeah. And they, so they like, remain a little bit like dark and stormy which mm-hmm. makes them three-dimensional and like sexy and exactly. i like that no aoc was like a born theater kid yeah i can't even i i should stop even commenting on the kind of aesthetics of aoc because i also like get what she's doing in terms of like the joe biden bernie kind of kerfuffle mm. with the endorsement like it's a pretty smart strategy because she's kind of sewing discord and confusing people in a deliberate way mm-hmm. which gets them talking about her and politics and bernie and biden and all this yeah. stuff you know and ostensibly if with like progressive aims yeah and she's like culture jamming not, sort yeah of, mm-hmm. because they're like wait is she actually coming like in hot for bernie or whatever and then mm-hmm. they're like oh wait no blah, blah. it's like a she has a bold red lip but yeah. <laughs> i feel so safe <laughs> she has um yeah she has that that bold red lip and those sampaku eyes but god she's shrill <laughs> <laughs> um and that white boyfriend you know i mean we talked about this i think early on in back in the primaries when we were talking about marianne how uh, she the quality of her voice mm-hmm. did make her kind of a good candidate I think because yeah it's not alienating to men yeah men like that that yeah. smoky timber yeah and like yeah and I don't I, I think nobody actually likes that whole like you are perpetuating a white <sighs> supremacist patriarchy on the bones of 
Native American people and el pueblo de la comunidad. I'm like, ah, oh, uh. yeah. Um, but like, uh, anyway, so there's, so Marianne is doing a third party thing. Mm-hmm. She's going to have, because they didn't invite her to speak at the DNC. Obviously, why would they? Yeah. Um, so That's she's, an honor. Yeah. Like, like being panned by the, by the times. Uh, she's like talking about forming a, a third party and she's going to have a people's convention for disaffected progressives later this month with the help of Mike Gravel. Okay. And Nina Turner and Cornell West. Yeah, they have a nice line. Talking. So is Chris Smalls, the Amazon warehouse employee who tried to organize his fellow workers and was like uh, horribly and disgustingly smeared by the company as like unintelligent and low IQ. Um, and how come said, we weren't invited? I mean, <laughs> Small said it has become clear that neither the Democratic nor the Republican Party truly cares about working class people. Both party platforms think our demands like Medicare for all, raising the minimum wage to $30 an hour, a wealth tax and the right to unionize without fear of retaliation are radical ideas. Um, yeah, which sounds like kind of a return to pre-2016. Yeah, it sounds pretty articulate to me. Yeah. Um, and Marianne's a good kind of figurehead, I think. For that, yeah. I mean, it's weird because she doesn't actually, she's not like a political person and she's not a policymaker, certainly, and she doesn't really talk about the kind of nitty gritty policy. She's not a, not a wonk. Yeah, she's not a wonk. But we don't need that. (laughs) We don't need, we've had enough wonkery. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for someone with big ideas, big naturals. No, but she's uh, she's like a good synthesis. Yeah. And a good like ideologue and a good, I don't know. But she she like testifies to the importance of aesthetics. Absolutely. And the Democrats can't Skinny. seem to get a handle on aesthetics. And that's why I was like, you know, like that, that Billy Porter Buffalo Springfield number, you know, Kyle Kuklinski that he's like a leftist YouTuber. He mm-hmm. tweeted like, this is the moment that Trump won the election. And Marianne swooped into the comments. I love that she's been commenting up a storm. She responds to, to the most. Yeah, people like she's responding to people with like no followers. Yeah, it's crazy. Which she's I relate to. Going through like a personal crisis or something. I mean, I respond to people with like zero followers. Same. I mean, usually, and for me, there is there's like a direct correlation between like me being upset about something in my personal life and then me like acting, acting out yeah. and lashing out on people on the Internet. I've been really unpacking it in therapy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm, I'll have you know I'm a size zero, not a size two. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> it's like some bitch with zero. Some random, yeah. Um, person with no avatar. I'm like, <laughs> it's like an egg person. I'm like, shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> what do you know about Belarus? Yeah, my boyfriend's like, you're humiliating yourself. I'm like, <laughs> but you don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at gay retard. <laughs> in my mentions all day <laughs> tormenting me yeah it's like gay retard 69 <laughs> um anyway but yeah she's been responding which makes me think that she's like going through like late menopause or something because you know she can still ovulate because she looks really good and she's you think like she's having mother. hot oh, some yeah hot she's like flashes. having hot flashes and responding to like samantha pritchard and kath barbadoro like <sighs> She did respond I'm to I'm not Samantha. a spiritual leader. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a political activist. 
got her ass. Um, but she responded to this Kyle Kuklinski guy and was like, see, I disagree. I liked it. And I was like, okay, thank God. Cause I was starting to feel crazy. I was like, have I finally become a libtard? Cause like, this you musical number, I can't say I liked, liked it, but it. I thought it was, I thought it was the most interesting thing going on. Yeah. Uh, in that whole the Dems could do with a little more singing and dancing well and marianne no she's used to be a cabaret singer yeah she knows entertainment she's oprah's spiritual advisor yeah she's like yeah she has that kind of liza minnelli jazzy exactly cougar energy (laughs) um no i mean it's not i can't even say i liked it but it had that psychedelic dementia energy of something Trump would put out. Like, you know that train yeah. ad, the animation? Yeah, that looks like, like John Raffman made <laughs> it. Yeah, totally. It had the same vibe. Exactly. Like, it was sublime senility. So I was like... It had an absurdism yeah. that matched the the tone of the right. Yeah, and it was like kind of an SNL parody of itself. They trotted out Eva Longoria. Bizarre. Who still looks really good for her age. I'll of give course, her that. Of course, of course. There's a reason she's... It's not an accident. Yeah. People, I, she's getting trotted out. What is Greta she, Thunberg around? Is she going to make any appearances? Interesting. She's kind of been... Because, no, they did talk about climate change last night. I saw that. Was, they talked about immigration, climate change, all this other irrelevant shit. <laughs> they, I think they had to pick one, Billie Eilish or Greta Thunberg, <laughs> and they picked the, mo- the more, like, a telegenic one. Right. Billie Eilish. Like Greta Thunberg looks like if Julian Assange was like a 14 year old girl. <laughs> Spot the line. Oh God, I shouldn't be so, I, I need to like cool it. With it's someone. fine. It's fine, yeah. What's she going to do? Sail over here and kick your ass? I don't <laughs> yeah. think so. She probably could. She has you that autism. She could fight strength. you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, like again, I, I, I stand by my remarks about, uh, pseudo autism but clearly women can be autistic because look at greta thunberg of course when i was 14 i was trying no to... one's disputing that women can be autistic I know, yeah. it's, but it is less prevalent in women and they aren't kind of fashionable tiktokers typically yeah with like you got a lot of flag for that yeah, and i, I did, but... stand by you honestly um, no, that girl i just i remember myself when i was 14 i was wearing like um baggy jeans and trying to um get latino guys to notice me at the regal parking lot i was not thinking about climate change the political process no electoral tampering i was trying to get get fingered with all my might yeah (laughs) that took a lot of my energies i mean i wish i never became politically conscious i know i want to go back to the womb i want to go back to the womb well there's still time it's true. Maybe if Biden wins, we could pivot to something else. <laughs> we can all go back to the womb. My mom won't have me. <laughs> try. <laughs> Mama. Um, is there anything else? I don't know. How are we on time? We've done like an hour ten. That's not bad. That's I'm pretty impressed. good. Um, is there anything else? Uh... Uh, the EU imposed sanctions on Belarus. Oh, they did. Okay. Predictably. It seems up. like a Belarus isn't a bit of like a stalemate, mm-hmm. kind of. There's still Lukashenko's promised to prosecute kind of the oppositional committee members uh-huh. who have formed um, 
and he'll probably like there'll be another wave of like police brutal police crackdowns and it's just they're in a really tough spot they're kind of fucked if they do fucked if they don't yeah russia doesn't seem like it totally wants to get involved even though putin said he would if it came to that yeah and so lukashenko seems like he's attempting to stoke kind of like on the border of lithuania okay um some kind of he's trying to escalate maybe to like a militarized conflict but he said that he'd have to be they'd have to kill him if they wanted to take him out of power i mean his wish is their command there's various shadowy extrajudicial ways sure but until like the military turns on him which they don't seem to be doing yeah um i don't know it's unfortunate I mean, lucky for Belarus, literally nobody gives a shit about their plight except for you. And except your for me, yeah. Um, so, I mean, and well, yeah. And like tankies in my mentions trying to say that I'm like <laughs> a supporter of NATO or something. Yeah. Which I'm not. I mean, my family, my uncle and aunts are like, are Lukashenko supporters. Yeah. They're not, I'm not like. They're Lukashenko relatives. <laughs> <laughs> and like a lot of people in Belarus still are yeah and they live there and i don't so i don't i don't know i can't i don't have like a hard line on on it either way i just want i think that like the brutality is super heartbreaking and someone ought to do something but i know that sanctions aren't really have never been an effective way of like yeah like freezing people out yeah belarus is fucked they always have been yeah Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Slavs know that no lives matter. Definitely, yeah. I've almost, I've gotten, I've almost tweeted Belarusian lives matter a couple times, and just <laughs> been like, don't get it, don't. Uh, <laughs> that's the what, real that's BLM. What, yeah, that's what the block said. <laughs> <laughs> but they just, they don't seem to. Yeah, they don't matter <laughs> to anyone. Anyway, see anyway, you in hell. Yeah, we'll see you in hell. Please, uh, if you can, watch uh, Days of Heaven and uh, what's the other one? Out of the Blue. Right. Yeah. And tune in on our next Patreon episode for movie some, night. Yeah. For movie night. Yeah, when we will be regurgitating the, the drunken theories of Nick Pinkerton. <laughs> Free Bannon. See you in hell. Yeah, see you in hell. <laughs>